Join us today during the Jeep Celebration event. Right now, get 20% below MSRP for an average of 15178 under MSRP on the purchase of a 2023 Jeep Grand Cherokee Overland 4xe or Summit 4xe. Not compatible with lease offers or with any other consumer incentive offers. 15,178 average based on 20% below average MSRP from all 2023 Grand Cherokee Overland 4xE and Summit 4xE models and dealer stock. Residency restrictions apply. Take retail delivery from dealer stock by 4-1. Jeep is a registered trademark. It's the Beckler and Shauna podcast. Your daily download of X929 X Mornings with Beckler and Shauna. Brought to you by Shane Holmes. Offering affordable customization on your new home. It's Wednesday, July 12th. July 12th, 2023. Oh, you almost let it before. Jeez Louise. The Beckler and Shauna piss cast. The pisser. Uh, we had a fun show today. I felt disorganized, though. Like, I felt like several times we looked over and like, whoa, like yeah. the song's ending and we got to talk and I didn't have clips ready to go. And it, But despite that, I think it still turned out to be a decent show. Are those handlebar mustaches like seeping into your brain a little bit? Something, something hot in there? Like, I don't know. Yeah. I told you it's a whole lifestyle. It really is. I'm kind of learning it, right? I've never lived this life before. Are you going to get them like extra thick or what are you thinking here? Yeah, I've been shaving around it and just yeah. kind of letting it go. It's Maybe getting I'll weirder have, like, every day. crazy cowboy mustache one day. Oh my God. That'll be fun. Yeah. It'll be something. <laughs> I have to stare at it every day. I told you about a friend of the show, Jeff, who also shaved a handlebar mustache. I, I encourage anyone listening who has the ability to get themselves into a pair of handlebars mm-hmm. to do so and then to send me a photo of it. Because that's just fun. I can't grow one. Sorry. I could grow you, one in my I was say nether region. Downstairs handlebars. Yeah, that would be bars. so funny, wouldn't it? Grab the Is that a handlebar? Bull by the horns <laughs> down there. Good lord. <laughs> it would look like uh, mine except the mouth is sideways, oh right? Oh my god. Dear lord. All right, so women ladies listening. <laughs> Uh, we're all going to grow out Do our it. nether region hair and be <laughs> and handlebars send and send photos. <laughs> um, on today's show, of yeah. course, Wednesday, it's a heritage moment. It's about Stampede. We talk about Stampede a couple times. Which jobs have a good outlook for the future and which don't, according to you? Mm-hmm. So if you are, you know, if you have someone in your family who's kind of coming to the end of high school, trying to figure out what to do with their lives, if you're looking for a career change, um... This is going to be a good discussion for you. Yes. Something strange happened with one of McKenna's friends recently when she was denied access to a bar here in town. And I think we got to the bottom of what may have gone on there. And we have to issue a bit of a correction after yesterday's show. Which is right after your Out of Context clip of the show. They, they hold down that man like an iguana. They put him on his face, boy. The Beckler and Shauna Podcast. Well, we have to issue a correction from yesterday's show. We do. If you were listening yesterday around this time, we had a pretty good laugh about mm. this photo. Very famous photo of John Lennon and Yoko Ono naked. Yes. And they're shot from behind and you can see their butts. And this was actually it was sent to us and we yes. had a really good laugh about how long John Lennon's bum crack was. Mm-hmm. We actually howled yesterday about this. We really did. Uh, and of course, this is all because uh, I have a very long ass crack. Yes. So a friend of the show sent us this photo and said, is Shauna related to John Lennon? Because he too has a very long ass crack. And then our producer Logan came to us yesterday and he's like, oh guys, I hate to be the one to do this, but that photo is edited. Yeah. He said, he's, he's like, I have that album and I don't remember the, like John Lennon's bum crack being abnormally long. So, so he went to look at it. 
and double check and he was like no it's not as long as he has a perfectly normal bum so does Yoko Ono yeah this the internet is a strange place endlessly odd place yep who would go through the trouble of editing John Lennon's naked ass crack to look longer the hilarious thing is after we were chatting about it there was friends of the show who were like I had to google this and they too came up with the fake photo because Everybody think, wants to see John Lennon's long ass crack, apparently. And I bet if you Google John Lennon ass crack, crack you get like the edited s- funny sure. long version, the meme coming up. Yeah. Right? Yeah. But you're right. Like who made, why? Yeah. Why did that become a, th- why is who it? sat awake at night in the dark, was like, like playing with Photoshop <laughs> and trying to make it look like a naturally long, that's, that's a very odd thing to do. And like the yeah. guy, first the guy gets murdered oh, geez, and I then know. you do this to his ass crack. Yeah. Somebody he can't was, even defend himself. Was on some drugs and was listening to the long and winding road and was like, "Oh, the long and winding crack. That's what this <laughs> long and winding crack of like, John Lennon." And just gets up out of bed in the middle of the night, starts editing these photos. Oh, what man. are you doing, man? And then we fell for it. We like, did. But I just never thought. I never. It never even crossed my mind that it might be fake. No, you know, I'm not too upset. I mean, upset. I'm upset that we were had by the meme for sure. But really, it's just the visualization of John Lennon with an ass crack that's that long. Is it's really what I wanted in my life. So. So that he could relate, I could relate to him. You know, he could relate to me. We, we still we had that together. laugh yesterday. You we can't did. take that away from you, us. It was a pure laugh. Okay, visualizing John Lennon's long crack, and to this day forward, unfortunately, it is true. I am only going to visualize John Lennon with a long. See, that's one. not fair. The I guy's know. not even here. I know. I think we owe it to him to set the record you straight. Think so, John Lennon. I will say it right now. Yeah. John Lennon has a totally normal length butt crack. You can say it all you want. It's now forever in my brain thinking of him as long crack, okay? The Beckler and Shauna podcast. I have another TV trope for you, if I could, Beckler. Okay. I was watching this movie, Nobody on Netflix, a new movie or whatever, and at one point, the action star is hiding in the back of the bad guy's vehicle, okay? He then sprays him with a fire extinguisher to temporarily blind him, and the bad guy continues to drive even though he can't see. In fact, it's almost like he slams on the gas, okay, to keep driving around even though he can't see. And this happens all the time in movies where somebody will jump out of the back seat or whatever and they will blind the driver. And instead of stopping, which would be probably what I would do if I was in a vehicle and I couldn't see, they slam on the gas or they keep driving around even though they can't see. This is such a good one. This, this is, is such a good one because you're right. It happens so often. Anytime a driver's view is obscured, yes. whether something falls on the windshield yep. or the windshield gets smashed or they get, like you said, blinded in the vehicle, yep. their reaction is to swerve like crazy. Mm-hmm. And hit the gas normally. Like, when, let's go faster. Every person who's ever driven a vehicle, if, you're, if your vision was obscured for whatever mm. reason, your instinct yes. would be to hit Just the brakes. Slam on the brakes. Slam on the brakes. This is why when you're driving and it's pissing and you can't see, people pull over to the side of the road because yes. they can't see. They drive they, slower. Yeah. You, you immediately slam on the brakes. You freak out. You're like, I can't see. Where am I going? Yes. I, st- I will stop this vehicle. And in every action film. <laughs> yes. Someone cuts you off. Yeah. An animal yeah. runs out. You, yeah. you hit the brakes without even thinking about it. It's no. just reaction. It is what you do. Except in the movies yes everybody is a Minetti who drives a vehicle apparently every just like, single time <laughs> they are the ah, ah, biggest idiots the biggest spazzes in the, the world breaks. yeah yeah it's just I'm this I'm yeah I'm 
That's a really good one. I know. I the, never I thought mean, of it. And I was watching this movie. I'm like, why does this always happen, you idiot? I think the best tropes are when the difference between real life and, and TV and movies is so huge. Yes. And this is a great example of it. Yeah. As you said, every single person in the movies is a complete <laughs> moron. The Beckler and Shauna podcast. McKenna was telling me the story about her friend, and I thought this was a bit odd. So her friend, I don't know how long ago this was, but she was at a bar in town. Yeah. And she had some sort of incident at the bar where she was either denied entry or she was asked to leave or something. I don't know exactly what happened, but that was basically the end of her night. She was thrown out of this place. Okay. And she didn't, like, think much of it. She's 20 years old, you know, and just on she went with her life. And then just recently she tried to get into a place at Stampede and they scanned her ID and said, you're not allowed in here. And it was not the same place or at all related to the place that she was originally denied access to. So they have... Oh. They they knew about this incident at this other bar and wouldn't let her in because of this. Because of her ID. I didn't know that was a thing. I didn't either. So we talked to a friend of ours here who has, um, has you know, bounced at several bars around the city and stuff. Mm -hmm. And he said there's this program called Bar Watch. And it basically, it's like a... It's, it's a system that, like, where, where, when the IDs are scanned, that's kind of what it can go through, right? Is that why they scan your ID and, like, take a photo of you? Because that happens, right? Where yeah. there's the photo to be, like, attached to it and everything. It's crazy. I thought it was for their records as opposed to just having a, a, totally. you know, a door person look at it and say, okay, you're of age, you can come in. It's to ha Like, if anything were to happen, they have your information mm -hmm. on file. Yeah. But... It, he was saying that bars have the option to share this information with other bars in the Bar Watch network. Interesting. And they can, you know, each individual bar doesn't have to, like, abide by what another bar has said. It's at their discretion. Right. But they can put little notes on the file that says, like, this per we had this incident with this person. And then another bar can see that if they decide to share it. And they can choose whether or not they want to let that person in. I mean, it makes sense, right? Because it's a great way of just making sure the riffraff does get back in. Like, it if does. you cause a serious issue. But yeah, like, what did she do? Well, I don't know. And like, I, she's not that kind of person. Like, she's not the kind of person that would like start a fight or anything. Weird. I don't think so I don't. I don't. I don't know. Somebody what went accidentally on. hit the band hammer on her. Like, maybe, whoops. Maybe. I was like, oh. Um, but I could see. You know, I when I heard about this, I was like, this makes sense if you're like you know, like a known gang affiliate or something, yeah. or if you have like, if you've had, been, had a weapon in a like bar or something, right. or something. Yeah, it makes sense. Then they can share that with everybody. And, mm -hmm. and apparently the only way to get it cleared is you have to go to the bar that issued the note Interesting. and ask them to remove it. And then it's up to them whether or not they want to get rid of this. But wow. I was like, yeah, it, I mean, the, it makes sense as a tool to protect staff and to protect Absolutely. patrons. If there is someone who's going to cause problems, you um, don't, she was just a little confused as to why she was totally banned citywide now with this thing. So yeah, like does she have a selective memory on what exactly happened? I like, wonder what did you do there? What did you do? You know, this reminds me of though when I got my very first smartphone. There was an app called Hot Owl. I don't know if you remember Hot Owl or not. I don't. But it would show all the bars in the city. It would show how many people were in the bars, and it would show the ratio of men to women. Are you serious? I'm serious, and it only existed for a little while, and it had to be. I, like Part gleaning this, this data, I would think in some way, because it wouldn't have been necessarily a breach of privacy because it didn't have any information about who was in there, at least available to the to the users. Maybe to the apps creators, it did. I mean, because right, you can still right now in real time see how active or how busy restaurants are. Right, Google will do that for you, where it says like 
busy right now or as busy as it gets. I don't know if you've seen that before. Yeah, but I didn't think that was using real-time data. I thought it was just like their their trends, like busy. this is their busy time. Oh, interesting, because I thought it was. I thought it was just based on phones in those places being like, yeah, there's this many I wonder. phones. And so it might be. I wonder. How would they have that information, though, unless they're always running? I guess they are always Cause running. Because it says live, so it's got to. It's got to be something like this, but yeah. This app would say like this bar has a capacity of... 300 people and there's 150 people in there right now and Jeez, 80 of them are that's men. That's handy. And yeah, so you could be like, oh man, this, this place is dead. Or This is a sausage all, exactly. fest I need to pick up. The Fangler and Shauna Podcast. You know what trend I'm seeing more and more of? What's that? Men in belly tops. Have you seen this yet? The male crop top? The male crop top. Can't say I have, Shauna. Okay. Uh, At least none of of the people I run with. Well, a ton of fashion blogs were talking about this a while back. And just like most fashion trends, you kind of take it with a grain of salt. You're like, okay, this is on the runway, but are you ever going to see it in real life? Mm -hmm. And I actually, during Stampede, have seen a few men in the crop top. Wow. That is a bold choice. It is. Although, here's the thing. It's kind of growing on me. Really? I like it. And when you first think about it, right, it seems ridiculous. But when you see it kind of out and about or you see pictures of it, it's not as outrageous as it seems. You know what I mean? Like it kind of is becoming more and more normal. And we're not talking like super short, but there's some that just show a little bit of your gut for there. And it's all right. There's precedent for it in the 80s. You would see the odd, like what they called, I think, a half shirt at the time. Yes, my dad had right. a, it was a souvenir half shirt that he bought at UCLA for the football team. Yeah. And I wore it to football practice one day, kind of half as a joke, and just got destroyed by my teammates. Yeah. Um, that's but then a totally friend stole it right. because oh. he liked it. Yes. <laughs> And it's it's funny because that's where you see it. Like I, I envisioned right now with the super short shorts that guys used to yes, wear in the eighties and was, the short shirt to go along with it, right? Men dressed like floozies in the eighties, didn't they? Mm-hmm. Half shirts, everything shorts was hanging that were out, slit all the way up. Like oh yeah, you could see everything. Your dingleberries were yes. hanging out, and it was like that's normal, okay. And then the same with your gut we for hanging out, just normal. Then. Yeah, and then we went a little more modest, and we're we're getting back from that now. Interesting. It's funny because uh, all I can envision at first is the man, the Terry that I saw. One of my favorite Terrys is the one that was on the baseball field the one day, mm-hmm. and he was the guy who was riding around on a riding cooler. And he was wearing a crop top with his giant Dunlop hanging out, like the big old guffer. Big old picnic basket on him. And his mullet. And he was wearing, and it, it was very ironic at that so point, it's a right? Bit, right? It was a bit for him. And that's what I can envision. But no, it's in these cases, not so much a bit. Guys are wearing it again, and I'm, I'm all for it. Hmm. You into Do you need it? a certain body to wear it? No, I think all like around. Like if you have crazy abs, can you get away with it better than. It's funny. So I, my youngest brother is very fashion forward. And right? I was actually going to say you need to ask him. I Did asked you ask him? him? About okay, it. good, said, good. As a style choice, I understand it, but I can't think of a single person that it would be of service to, you know? Mm, interesting. He said, when I was getting my hair cut last week, a gay guy came in with a black mesh shirt, and I looked and fully understand that the shirt itself was bold and maybe even cool, but also didn't look good. And those shirts never seem to. Maybe you just need to catch the right person in it. Hmm. Interesting. And maybe he has yet to see the right person in it. But next time I see it, it is bold. I might be uh, venturing down to Stampede this weekend, and when I do, I will take photos of the the men in the crop, and we'll see. We can we can see what you think. Would you wear it? Would you toss that? Maybe I will show up next week in a crop top. In a homemade crop top, 
and you'll have to stare at my big old gut locker. See, for I don't, the whole I don't show. think that. What do you I, think of that? No, no, like that would no. And hmm. with your handlebar, that's a look. That is a serious. Holy, look. Yeah, I'm becoming man. a cartoon Holy at that man. point. <laughs> the Beckler and Shauna podcast. I think I told you a while back that my son Bo found a caterpillar at the lake, and he brought it home. Yeah. And he put it in like a little clear cup. Yeah, what happened to the caterpillar? Well, so it, 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 it almost immediately went into a chrysalis. And then we were like, ooh, this is exciting. You know, we're going to get to watch this thing totally. undergo its, not evolution, that's Pokemon. What am I, what's the word I'm looking for? What's the insect term for what a, oh, God. not metamorphosis? Is it, what is the, you know what I'm talking about. Yeah, I do. I, and anyway. I, I'm not going to come with. It's also kind of a little creepy, this thing. Like we got this like clear plastic cup, like 10 feet from where I eat. And there's this like. Yeah, it looks a little changing in there. Weird. It's like a bat hanging in yeah. there, isn't it? Yeah, it's weird. So, so we're waiting to see if it's going to be a butterfly or a moth or whatever. Hoping for a butterfly. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's been four weeks now, and there is no sign of movement. So How I'm long does thinking, that take? I don't well, even remember. Both thought three weeks. Okay. So I'm thinking this thing might be dead. Oh. Bo's in Saskatchewan this week. He's at his grandma's place, uh, but he wanted me to FaceTime if and when this thing emerges from the chrysalis. But I think I'm going to have to tell him it's not happening. Mm. It's even like... That's sad. Yeah, it's even weirder like to think that it's dead. Yeah, just keep it just in case. What if it comes... What Ugh. if it's late? Yeah. Because it's not like it's it's no longer a chrysalis. The thing has become a tomb. Oh. So now like... So now you got feet a vampire where, moth in there or something. 10 feet from where I eat, there's a tomb. Okay. This is no mine. It is a tomb. You know who said that? No. Boromir. Boromir, son of Denethor, when they were in the mines of Moria... Because they, the fellowship tried to take the passive Caradhras, mm-hmm. and then that didn't work out because of the storm Sauron sense. So they had to go through Moria. You <sighs> will go through the mines of Moria, and then, of course, there were. <laughs> Why? What? Playing Angry Birds. What's the, oh. <laughs> Gonna play some Angry Birds oh. over here. You done? Let me know when How you're done. How is it drowning out? Let me know. Lord of the Rings. That's good. Oh, it's good. Yeah, it's fine. Speaking of moths, you know who else had a moth? Ooh. Gandalf when he was stranded atop Orthanc at Isengard, and then he escaped. He whispered to that moth, and then Gwai here came in. Okay. <laughs> I guess it's Angry Birds. Not Lord the Beckler and Shauna podcast. I'm curious at our friends at the show's response to this more than anything. I think so. If you're listening right now, let me know what you what you would say, but. If someone asked if they should get into your industry, what would you say? Oh, like what's the future look like mm-hmm. in your business? Yeah. What are job prospects like right now? And I'm asking this because I was asked this myself recently. Wow. Um, I have a, a chat with a girl, a young girl, and she is the daughter of a friend of a friend. Anyway, long story. She reached out and she said, would you mind chatting with my daughter about broadcasting? She's thinking of getting into it. So I have this chat with her on Friday and was like, interesting. Okay. And you want to give her the most honest answer you can? I truly do. Yeah. I would love to know what people would say about about their industries. So if you message us, like send us a text, give us a call after this if you want. 238-9929. That is our number. And maybe we'll get into some of these tomorrow on our podcast or something. Totally. uh, We get some good responses. Yeah. Yeah. So So think about that. And what would you say if somebody asked you and said, yeah, should I do your job? Should I do it? Tell us what you do too. So it makes sense Mm -hmm. when we read it. Um, So what are you going to say to this girl? What what are you you going to tell her about the future of broadcasting? This is what's so tough because, I mean, broadcasting is going strong, but the number of jobs in our industry, I think, is less than when I 
got into oh, the industry. Oh, for sure. By quite a bit. For sure. Like some of these small town outlets, they're running with like skeleton staffs now. Yeah. And even like, even in bigger cities, like stations that used to have overnight hosts, for mm-hmm. example, don't have that anymore. So yes. there are far fewer opportunities than there were even, you know, 15 years ago when we started out. Totally. And I mean, the question will be what part of broadcasting as well, I suppose, that she wants to get into, mm-hmm. right? Because there's tons of different types of jobs within our industry. But yeah, if it was, you know, an on-air host in radio, that would be because of as what you just said. It would be like, it would be tough to It'd say, tough. Hey, you know, on-air host. And this business has always been insanely competitive mm-hmm. and when I went to school for radio they told us that they said like this yep. is it's going to be tough it's going to be a real fight to get a good job in this industry but my instructor said someone has to make it why not you yeah and I kind of took that to heart and I was like yeah why not me totally but it's even way harder now than it was when I started and you're totally so. right that I remember the yeah prof saying the same thing like you need to get your foot in the door and you need to work your butt off to get into this industry it's very competitive and as you said it's even more so now even more so yeah so, so. yeah it's tough because you don't want to crush someone's dream like I don't want to be like mom well maybe I don't know but I do want to be honest with her so and if your goal is to get into like to broadcasting you know where you're speaking to a sizable audience yeah what are the other options? I mean, people will say, oh, podcasting, but like it's it's maybe even worse in podcasting because it's so saturated. I totally think If it you is. aren't already yep. a celebrity, good luck getting your podcast up off the ground, right? Yeah, and that's everybody who's in successful in podcast. Yeah, it's already very yeah. famous for something else. Yes. And then they can branch out. Or they're like that. a subject matter expert, right? Yeah, and even still, they're not making money off of it. It's more of a hobby thing mm-hmm. anyway. So, yeah. So, I don't know. What are you going to tell her? I guess just what we did. Tell her that? Yeah. I have to be on it. Like, be like, the odds are definitely against you, but it could be you. It could be who cracks through. Why not you? I'll, I'll use your professor's line. Someone's got to make it. Why not you? Why not you? The Beckler and Shauna Podcast. So we got a lot of messages from people. Yeah. I should say we, should got, we got many messages from people mm-hmm. with the uh, forecast for their own industries. Do you want to dump it, jump into some of these, Shauna? Yeah. So uh, first off, somebody said, I would happily talk about the garbage and recycling industry. Not that it's many people's dream job, but it's a good job with lots of security and the behind the scenes stuff is pretty wild. I think it pays pretty well, too. I've heard that as well. Um, I think you need your 1A license to drive most garbage trucks, don't you? Yep. Um, and I, I asked this person for some behind-the-scenes anecdotes, but we haven't heard back yet. No. If it's something good, we'll share it with you. Yes. We also heard from a plumber. This person's been a plumber for 17 years, and they said, don't do it. Which I'm shocked by, because plumbing is one of those ones that a lot of people always say, like, it's good money, yep. And but he said it's not that great of money, and he said his knees are completely destroyed, so... And you work, I think, some long hours if you want to make big money. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Uh, a friend of mine is a plumber and recently went from working for his own business uh, to working for his municipality. Oh, okay. And I think it's less money, but, like, the difference in hours is night and day, like, instead of... When you're working for yourself, like you take on these jobs and you got to work as much as you can. And he said now he's like 40 hours a week. He goes home when the day is done. Like, and all he's doing is just answering service calls for municipal buildings. So it's way less stress. No paperwork, none of that. Um, and then Lindsay says she works in long-term care and says there's lots of jobs and boomers are getting old, so it's only going to get busier. But mm-hmm. the pay isn't great. It can be busy and stressful work. So... Yeah, I mean, anything I dealing with old people, you think there's going to be 
lots of opportunity, right? Because totally. our parents are all getting to that age. Yep. Also, somebody who's in lawn care, in lawn care. Yeah. Saying that lawn care is a great uh, great job. They really enjoy it. And they said, you're always going to need lawn care. So Unless we have a water crisis and no one's allowed to have a lawn anymore. Right. Then you won't. Okay. But I mean, typically lawn care companies do other things too, right? They mm-hmm. offer other landscaping services, but that's hard work too. Yeah. Like, and then we had two police officers reach out. Uh, one of them says, do not do it at all. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then the other one... Yeah, it's tough because he said, you know... Um, I don't know if it was a, a man or woman we were talking to. Or she, yeah. But they said um, that it's like people are going to hate you simply for existing. And people are, even yeah. when they call you and need help, they're mad at you. And yeah. Like, um, yeah, but then, you know, they said there are some, some pluses to it in terms of mm-hmm. like you're helping people at their most vulnerable. And that is kind of rewarding. But then said that that doesn't necessarily outweigh the negatives. So yeah. it's too bad. I mean, policing, thats we need police officers. We absolutely do. And the people who say we don't are the craziest people I've ever heard. And no one's going to do it. No one's going to want to do it because it's just, yeah, as this person said, like, people are looking to hate you. And now that everybody's filming everything, like, people are just constantly filming you, waiting for you to slip up. If yep. you're in a cop's uniform, they're just <laughs> going to be filming you being like, deuce, I dare you, screw up. And we've chatted lots with our friend Chad Peterson from CPS, mm-hmm. um, who's said the same thing, right? Yeah. Uh, but he seems to really enjoy his job. Although, yeah, he said he loves it. He said, I would totally recommend it to people. So that's good. He's not completely phased by it yet. So. Yeah. Yeah. This person said, I'm a nurse, so the future of my profession doesn't look fun, but definitely we need people. Said, I talk about how likely privatization will become a thing, and selfishly, nurses will probably make more money and work less as long as the other nurses get into the profession. So privatization for nursing actually looks good. It just doesn't look good for the patient. Mm. Said, I added that safety-wise, the future isn't great for nursing as more pandemics will happen, and it doesn't seem like our medical community cares about personal protection for those nurses when these viruses happen. So there's that. Interesting. Yeah, that's a good inside sight insight to that. Absolutely, absolutely. What do you do for work? Um, I'm an engineer and I'm a project manager in construction. Okay. Oh, interesting. Yeah. So my comment is is that uh, the construction industry is huge potential for the future because obviously there's a ton of people retiring. Um, the construction industry is one of the only industries that has not been affected by any productivity gains through technology in the last hundred years. You still yeah, need people on tools building stuff? Yeah. yeah. Exactly. Like construction productivity has actually gone down in the last hundred years due to like increase of paperwork and increase of safety regulations. And wow. Stuff. It's it's crazy What's that you just said that because Beckler, that's what he said to me. He said he was just reading about how construction is going to need a lot yeah. of new workers. My mom sent me a video exactly. talking about this like generation retirement from the business so they said the only challenge that people entering might face is that there isn't anybody to train them yep entirely possible yeah but you know I mean most people who want to get into the business you know if you're coming out of high school or something most most companies will pay for your trade school and you can work through school and you come up with no student debt mm-hmm. you know and you can make really good money as a, as a skilled trade and do you enjoy it love it absolutely love it you get to do something different every day you problem solve what kind of projects are you working on? Uh, largely major, major commercial projects. Okay. How long did it take for you to get from, you know, just starting out to where you are now? Um, depends on what you're talking about, because obviously, you know, I started, like, I'm technically an engineer by trade, 
So, right. um, you know, I, I landed in the industry right out of right out of school um, and then just sort of worked my way up the ranks. Like it took me sort of four years to get from new grad to project manager. And now I'm I'm actually director of construction for a larger company. And that took me, you know, 15 ish years to get. Yeah. There. But four years isn't bad to get to a project manager either from. No, not at all. And I'm, sh- I'm yeah. sure you weren't starving in the meantime, right? No, certainly not. And just when you consider the number of people that are coming to this country and coming to this province and coming to this city, and it's probably the same, especially if you're elsewhere in Canada, uh, there's are going to need to be people to build houses for them, to build yep. you know, the commercial businesses that they use, the totally. services they require. So, yep. yeah, it seems like the outlook is very good in that industry, uh, which includes, of course, home building. Yes. Shane Holmes is a home builder and it's we were chatting with our contacts at Shane Homes and they said yeah it's just it's just crazy like how many people are coming here and looking for houses to be built um actually met another Shane Homes team member last night at our Stampede client party yeah uh, shout out to Chantel and Chelsea and Mel our other contacts at Shane Homes they're all awesome yeah they got a good crew over there it's a super good crew yeah and they would love to make your dream home a reality if you're thinking of building um, work with them in terms to, in terms of customizing your home affordably you can get in touch with them at shanehomes.com Shane Homes the better way to build the Beckler and Shauna podcast we got a message from friend of the show Jeff yes, with a did. potential new snobs and I'll just read this text to you from Jeff He said, possible new type of snob I've come across. People who eat food past its best before date snobs. (laughs) He said, with all the talk of getting rid of best before dates, I've seen a lot of people bragging about how long after the date they will still eat food. And I was like, that sounds like you, Shauna. Totally. He said, my parents are really funny about this, cutting mold off stuff and eating things that are suspiciously old. My parents are the same. Yeah. I blame them for this. Also, I was laughing because I was like, I mean, I also experienced the opposite and I would consider the other people snobs who are like, oh no, it's too close to the best before date. So I toss it away, which I have a lot of friends like that and they give me flack because we've talked about this before. I'm always like, eh, I'll look at a food and I'm like, it's probably okay. And my friends are disgusted by that. They're just like, no, there is, especially the ones who work in like food services. The one was like, no, we take training. That is not good to eat. And I'm always just like, if it's, it's fine enough. If I do the sniff test, if it's probably, it's probably good. Well, I'm glad people in the food service industry are taking it seriously. If I make that decision in my (laughs) own kitchen, it's different, right? That's how I always look at it. I'm like, if if it hasn't affected me yet, I'm going to keep, I'm going to keep doing it. Yeah. And I don't like food waste. Yes. So I don't like best before date aside. I just look at it and if it looks good, then I'll go for it. I blame my parents because when I was growing up, my mom would never check best before dates. And the amount of times I was drinking like chunky milk or I had stuff that was so past the best before date. I think that's why I'm like, that was the most disgusting. So if it's not that, I'm good. I'm good. It's almost like a subsection of, it's like, look how tough my stomach is, Mm -hmm. snobs. It's like kind of like spicy food snobs, kind of like people who can eat a lot or drink a lot snobs. Yeah. It's just like, look what I can handle, right? Mm -hmm. Look what I can put myself through. But you're right, it could go either way. Yeah. But, uh... (laughs) Eating food past its expiry date, snobs. Snobs, Let's do it. 
Oh, I don't consider them to be expiration dates so much as gentle suggestions. <laughs> <laughs> well, everyone knows that food is still technically fine about six months after the best before. <laughs> None of the workers at the factory where this is was canned are alive anymore, but I still plan to eat it. <laughs> <laughs> oh, are those maggots? Well, if it's good enough for the maggots, it's good enough for me. Yes, well, my stomach is so resilient, you could make me a plate from Jesus' last supper and I'd probably be okay. <laughs> Nothing is more organic than the decomposition of your food into dirt. This is the only time I'll eat it. <laughs> Ooh, that's a fart. That's okay. That must not be oh, sitting fine. well in there. Oh, no, it's fine. It's fine. The Beckler and Shauna Podcast. Beckler, did you see the list of Canadian bands about to be inducted in the Canadian Walk of Fame? No. A holy hell is Terry going to be cranked? Who's going in? Oh, man. Okay, Lighthouse. Okay. Rough Trade. Okay. The Parachute Club. Yeah. April Wine. Oh, yeah. Loverboy. <laughs> they rock. Prism. They rock. Chilliwack. They rock. Last Tiger. They rock. Platinum Blonde. Rock. Holy man. There's so many bands getting introduced right now that they need two separate ceremonies to do so. I have a question. Yes. How is April Wine not already on Canada. What like what if what's the point of it if April Wine isn't on there? Well this is what's I mean, the purpose. When you look at that list, there's a few of them on there that you're like, wow, it's yeah. It's Who else? A while. Did, you, hey. did you say Trooper? I said Trooper. Loverboy? Yeah. Chillback? Like how are those not yeah, already like on? You want, in my mind, yep. <laughs> the Canadian Walk of Fame is not legitimate until these bands get on there. Well this is I, exactly. Like that's all I read is I was like, how are they not already these are the these are those are the epitome of Canadian bands yeah. here. You're telling me they're not in it yet. So what I happened understand. is I think Terry finally took control of the Canadian Walk of Fame, right? Mm. And he's like, What have we been doing here? <laughs> And all of a sudden, he's like, we're putting all these 13 bands into one, to the point where we actually need not one, but two ceremonies for it, but we need to correct this. Was so, that the full list of bands going in this year? 13, yes. The, well, like there aren't other artists? Those are just the ones who rock? Yeah. Okay, yeah, so there was an oversight at some this point. This is what there happened. Was, There's been a correction. Terry got a hold of things, and it, it's, it's, it's correcting paths, so thank you. Like, whoever that. was nominating these bands had never gone through my dad's record collection, Obviously ever. not. No one's dad's record collection. No. no they were just off in the so outskirts the, there. And, we got to put all these bands in in mm -hmm. the same year. Yep. Do they all perform when, you're get, when they're getting inducted? That's like, just throw a music question. festival with all those bands. Like, I... Terry's there. Terry's, I mean, it's good. Jeez, I need to attend. Like, I think the, I, I was hearing that the first ceremony is, I think, in August or September or something in Massey Hall in Toronto. And I'm like, I might have to show up. Even though you told me the bands are going on to the Walk of Fame, I'm still a bit outraged. I know. A little bit outraged. Well, think about how Terry's felt for the last, what, 40 years <laughs> that these bands have been rocking? April Wine isn't on the list. That's it. Take your walk of fame and you can stick it. The Beckler and Shauna podcast. One of the great things about Stampede is that my TikTok feed is full of videos from Stampede. Yes. And it's super entertaining. Oh, yeah. See yeah. all kinds of things. Yeah. I mean, whenever you get that many people in one place with that much energy and it's booze true. is flowing, it's bound yeah. to create some great content, Absolutely, isn't it? Absolutely, yeah. I got this one video and it's security detaining this guy. It looks like it's on the midway. And the guy, I don't know, he's a bald dude who's got a big belly and he's dressed in Western wear, but he's all dirty. Like, 
it looks like he'd been on the ground already. Okay. And he looks like kind of out of it. So I don't know if he was like super drunk or whatever, but security, they're tackling him and putting him down, like face down on the ground. Uh, the funniest part, though, is the guy who's filming is providing commentary. And he's got a real thick Caribbean accent, but just listen to what he's saying here. They, they hold out that man like an iguana. They put him on his face, boy. That man said, boy, you ain't going no way, boy. Put you on his face with the big belly. That's hilarious. They hold down that man like an iguana, he says. They, they hold down that man like an iguana. They put him on his face, boy. <laughs> said, boy, you ain't going nowhere, boy. That man said, boy, you ain't going nowhere, boy. That's lovely. Put you on your face with your big belly. Put you on your, your face with your big belly. With your big yeah. belly. Oh, that's great. Oh, my God. Can I get this guy commentating on all my videos, He's very please? descriptive with it, too. It's <laughs> like amazing. An, like an iguana. Like you an can iguana. picture it's it, right? Great. Oh, yeah. Big belly. The Beckler and Shauna Podcast. A Calgary Heritage Moment. As Stampede continues, we're looking at another one of Alberta's most prominent cowboys, Ray Knight. Ray was actually born in Utah, but he's affectionately known as the father of Canadian stampedes, the father of Canadian professional rodeo, and even the father of Canadian calf roping. Ray came to Alberta in 1902 along with his brother Will and father Jesse, and the three were looking to expand their ranching empire, so they immediately bought thousands of acres of grassland in the province. The family established a huge ranching operation and essentially built a town around the ranch. There was a church, a park, a school named the Knight Academy, a cemetery, the Knight Sugar Company, and they even donated land for a provincial college called the Raymond School of Agriculture. The town was then named Raymond, Alberta, in honor of Jesse's son. At one point, the Knight family had 400,000 acres of deeded land, combined with another 600,000 acres of leased land, meaning the family owned nearly a million acres of land. They had 18,000 cows, 2,000 horses, and 50,000 sheep. Ray is also known to have hosted the first stampede in Canada. He invited cowboys from neighboring ranches to compete in saddle bronc riding and steer roping. However, at the time, there was no prize to be won. Just a little informal betting was done. The next year, Ray planned for some prize money and spent thousands of his own dollars to build Canada's first permanent rodeo arena. This new building included a covered grandstand, corrals, a single bucking chute, and an oval racetrack. This rodeo grandstand is still being used today and is the oldest grandstand ever built for rodeo. Ray introduced calf roping to Canadian rodeo and became the world champion himself at the 1924 and 1926 Calgary Stampedes. Along with Addison Day, one of the big four Stampede founders, he started a production company called the Night and Day Stampede Company. Does that go on the Fortune 500 list of local businesses? Knight became the world's richest rodeo producer, rodeo contestant, and rodeo champion. Now it makes perfect sense as to why Ray Knight is known as the father of Canadian rodeo. Ray died in 1947 at the age of 74 and is buried in the town named after him, Raymond, Alberta. This has been a Calgary Heritage Moment. You've been listening to the Beckler and Shauna Podcast. Brought to you by Shane Holmes. Offering affordable customization on your new home. You want more? Then tune in to X Mornings with Beckler and Shauna live on Calgary's Alternative. X92.9. Monday through Friday, 6 to 10 a.m. Mountain Time at X92.9.ca. And don't forget to subscribe to this podcast and have Beckler and Shauna downloaded daily to whatever device you use. Later. This week on X After Hours with Mariah and Ty. I go, hey, uh, welcome to the store. Uh, we sell dirt here. What would you like to buy? Um, hi, I would like to buy some dirt, some new topsoil. Yeah, how much do you need? Uh, 
a truckload. Oh, God. We don't do truckloads here. Uh, that's not an actual unit of measurement. X After Hours. Watch the video on YouTube. Stream it wherever you get your podcasts. Or find it at x929.ca.